You've survived the worst. Trauma, loss, rejection. The reality is, your pain can be a crutch, or it can be the thing that launches you. You're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough. Tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving. Here to help you find purpose through your pain is your host, Joseph James. Good evening, everyone. I have an amazing and special guest tonight. Good buddy of mine, Sean Odo. He is an owner of Bahala Gym here locally. And this is a guy that's really meant a lot to me just over the past few weeks that we've got to know each other from his story that I'm gonna let you or let him dive into tonight, just going through the purpose through pain. So Sean, welcome to the show, man. I'm really glad to have you. And uh, you know, the really best way for me to start off with this is, is I just want you to just really open up to the audience here. And what does, when I say the words purpose through pain, what does that mean to you? How does that resonate with you? Yeah, yeah, no, thanks for having me, man. I'm, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. Most people who know or don't know me know I'm a pretty private person. I don't really talk about my shit a whole lot. But as the, you know, the, the last interview I did, talked about the gym a little bit, and, and the story apparently resonated with, with a lot of people. So it was, uh, it was awesome that, you know, with your podcast, gave me the opportunity to really kind of talk about my entire journey, not just business journey. Because I feel like the entire, my whole life, everything I've experienced in my whole life is kind of shaped where I am now and where the gym is and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and this is, this is really the first time I've really opened up about that kind of stuff. So, but I felt it was, uh, I thought it was probably time and it was probably needed to not have all that shit buried, you know, for so many years and, you know, very, very, very few people know my story and, and where I came from and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, and now having a little bit more of a presence with the gym and uh, I felt it was, you know, it'd be good to kind of get everything out there and, and talk about everything. So, so yeah, so um, growing up, I grew up in a very physically, mentally abusive home. I'm not talking about like getting spanked. That, that, I don't really look at that as abuse. I mean, I'm talking like if I forgot my lunch kit, you know, at school and grammar school, I would, I mean, I would get like beat. I mean, with yardstick, ping pong paddle, the metal end of a belt, um, pizza flipper. One time I got beat with those little, uh, those little plastic, uh, suction dart guns that we had when we were kids. Yeah, it would shoot yeah. the darts would suck on the wall. I got beat with one of those until it broke. I mean, for, for any and every little thing that the people that raised me did not agree with what I did or, or any mistake I made, just like stupid shit. So, I mean, that, that really happened from the time I was, I mean, really, I can first remember all the way until probably like sixth or seventh grade. And I was basically kind of left in my room after to self-soothe or self-console or whatever. And it kind of it kind of taught me to rely on myself for yeah. a lot of shit, you know, because I didn't have a typical parent-child relationship. So there wasn't a lot of, a lot of coddling at all. There wasn't a lot of consoling. So I, I really learned self-reliance at an age where no one should learn self-reliance you know you shouldn't have to learn that that young and basically throughout the rest of my life anything that i wanted to do was considered wrong i mean when i wanted to compete in bodybuilding 
I mean, you would have think I went and told them that I wanted to have a professional career selling heroin. I mean, they couldn't, they literally could not express how disappointed they were in me and the life choices I was making. And I wasn't going to be anybody and I wasn't going to do anything. And I couldn't make money doing it because uh, I actually did. I actually was raised in a very financially well-off environment. So, but everything was about money. Like everything had a price. Everything revolved around money. And even from a young age, like I didn't give a shit about money. I mean, it didn't matter to me because I associated money with unhappiness. So my main focus was wanting to be happy. Not because, I mean, they had all the money in the world and they weren't happy. I wasn't happy. So I never linked money to happiness. I always linked kind of what I wanted to do and pursuing things you wanted to do with happiness. So that translated all through, you know, through high school and all that kind of stuff. Anytime I was told I couldn't do something or anytime I was told something I wanted to do couldn't be done, I, w- I was always the dude that wanted to do it. Like, I mean, I was, I was one of the smaller guys on the football team, eighth grade football team. You know, you always, you always have those, uh, those like genetic freak guys that they're in eighth grade. They're just like, they're like man ch- children, you know, they're freaking right. huge. And right. no one wanted to go hit these guys because they were so scared. Like, I didn't give a fuck. Like, I didn't care. I was like, I'll hit them. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I always just wanted to go after what I wanted because I never believed what I was doing was wrong. You know, I didn't believe bodybuilding was wrong. I didn't believe that uh, that any of the, the the way I dressed was wrong. I didn't believe that because I mean it would. It, I mean it was. You were ultimately making yourself happy within. None of that was bringing you happiness. No. None of that was bringing you joy. The, no. the money, the the livelihood, things like that. Is you were you were ultimately searching, soul searching, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and was there a particular time as you started to get older that you just realized that you wanted to go a certain direction? You're, yeah. You were you yeah. were being fueled within you because. You know, a lot of the listeners out there, they're, they're in a place where things have happened to them, maybe even the same lifestyle, because it almost seems like your dad and I, my dad, like shared ideas, you know? Mm, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but there, there was a turning point for you. And, yeah. and what, what was that, that was the turning point? About what time in your life was that turning point? And what was it exactly that just kind of like clicked in you? I mean, it was probably in my early 30s. So I, so I moved out of there in my mid-20s. And that's when I really started being able to live for myself and doing what I wanted to do and pursuing my life the way that I wanted to. Once I hit my 30s, I really just stopped giving a fuck about what anybody thought, about anybody's opinion of me, about like if I wanted to, something just clicked in me where I was like, if I want to do something, like I'm going to do it. So I had wanted, I had wanted tattoos my whole life, but tattoos for me were like a very symbolic thing. I didn't want something because it looked cool. Like all the tattoos I have are like, have meaning to my life. But because of the environment I grew, I grew up in, nothing I could do was right. We could, I, you know, I couldn't do certain things. So I was like, I've wanted tattoos my whole life. I'm going to get fucking tattoos. And that, so that started that. I wanted to start an apparel company. And that's when I started DTFW Apparel. Like all these things I wanted to do. I was just like, why can't I do it? I was like, I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. There's, right. there's no reason that I can't, you know? And that was more kind of like a hobby, you know, because I had other jobs, so that wasn't really putting bread on the table. But I mean, I wanted to have a, I mean, the first time I wanted to have, I really, really thought about having a gym, wanting to have a gym. I was in high school. I was a sophomore in high school. And uh, the guy that raised me came home and uh, saw me and my friend on the kitchen table, like drawing plans for like a gym. He was like, what are y'all doing? I'm like, oh, you know, we, we're drawing up these plans you know, for this gym we want to have. And the first thing he said was, you don't have money to do that. 
Mm. I'm like, well, no shit. I'm a, I'm a sophomore in high school. Of course I don't have money to do that. I'm like, it's the, I'm not trying to do this tomorrow. Right. And he was like, well, you know, well, well what are you going to have in the gym? And I'm like, you know, cardio and weights and stuff like that. He's like, well, that's not going to work. He's like, you need to have like a pool and you need to have a place where for women to get their nails done. And you need to just try and keep people there for as long as you can to make as much money as possible. And I'm like, what? So, so it's, it's almost like when he said that he had good intentions, a grand scheme of things but it wasn't what you wanted. No, it's no. not the vision that lined no, up with you. No, absolutely and not. And so it was about money. Yeah. Do you think that's where a lot of people, you know, go wrong in terms of they they're surrounded by people that that are friends. It, this this person was you know raising you that they're well intended in what they say. It's just one maybe be the how they say it, but also it's not their vision sure. for what you know, and they're not taking account for your vision because sure. there, there's no doubt when you hear that I'm like. Okay, that's great. That, that's that's grandiose. That's big. You know, I'm not thinking big or that big right now, but right. I'm also not thinking that's what I want. Right. Sure. You know. Sure. Because to a gym to you is probably just you know what we would call you know uh, sling and steel or or you know meathead and and, and things yeah. like that. Not yeah. not a spa. Right. You know. Right. So what what did, what what happened from there when well, he I mean, told you those things? I blew it off because at that point in my life I was getting older and I was starting to kind of come in my own more. So I was just like whatever. But I mean, subconsciously, I never really actively pursued it. I mean, I could I could have done whatever I wanted to at that age aside from actually opening it. I could have done market research. I could have done whatever I wanted to do because none of that cost money. But things were planted in my subconscious. Problem. I mean, definitely. That just kind of prevented me from pursuing it as much as I should have. And then I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. I mean, I was personal training. I was personal training all over the place. I was involved in the fitness industry and I was focused on that, but I just kind of buried ultimately what I wanted to do. And then when, uh, like I said, when I was in my thirties, I just started, like things just started clicking. I was like, if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. So the uh, DTFW apparel was the first thing that I was like, I mean, I taught myself how to screen print shirts. Like I did everything, you know? Yeah. That was kind of the first thing that taught me, like, you can do whatever you want to do. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have no knowledge in it. If it's something you're passionate about and you want to do, you can do it. I mean, I did it in my office. I mean, I, was, I learned how to print on all kinds of shit. Now, I mean, it's nothing compared to, like, a, it was nothing compared to what, like, a big company setup would do today. But, I mean, for somebody that literally knew absolutely shit about screen printing, I mean, I think I, it out. I think I learned a lot. Right. You know, I mean, everyone, no one complained about the quality of the prints of the shirts or anything. Was that something right there that triggered you in your mind, in your in your soul, in your heart? Be like, if I can do this, yeah, then I can do whatever. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. And I was uh, so I was actually working Oracle Lighting and became really good friends with a bunch of the guys working there. And uh, they knew that I was into working out because I was competing. And um, and the bodybuilding thing was was big also because. I have absolutely shit genetics and I've been competing since 2001. I mean, the first time I ever won a show, I think was in like 2012. So, I mean, I competed for 11 years before I even won a show, but the bodybuilding was a big thing too, pushing me to like, you can do whatever you want to do. I was like, no matter how hard it is, if you don't quit and you stay after it, you can do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. So that was, that was big too. That came before DTFW Apparel. So then there was DTFW Apparel. And then um, when I made friends with these guys and they knew I was into working out and I competed and some of them started getting into working out and I was helping them with nutrition because I have a degree in nutrition and they started losing weight and they saw how passionate I was about everything. And one of the guys was like, dude, why don't you just open a gym? And I, and like it literally right then and there, 
it just clicked and I was like, why don't I open a gym? Like, why not? It's amazing how unlikely resources can speak into yeah, our life. Sure. You know, it, I mean, the reason why this podcast is happening is not just because of my wife passing away and I was sharing a lot of things, but I had a, a dog training colleague of mine says, why don't you start a podcast? And I'm yeah. like, why? For what? Why not? You know, I mean, and when he's now, of course, it took me two years, you know, but it's amazing how when you say things to like people you were raised by or, you know, your parents, things like that. Oh, I want to go and do this. And it's almost like a self-protective thing for them mm-hmm. that they shoot us down because they didn't do it because it's not the what lined up within them. It's not their vision for you. Yeah. You know, maybe they wanted to see you play professional football and not bodybuilding or own right. a gym and things right. like that. But it's amazing how sometimes the little spark that we need. Yeah, little, sure. You, you know, sure. I, I like to call it a spark because it, it ends up becoming a fire later. Right. You know, that it normally comes from somebody that we're not expecting it to come from. I look at it as like seeds, like little seeds that were planted. And I think one of the things that kept me from holding myself down was... Look, you have people that are spiritual. You have people that aren't spiritual. Some people believe certain things, whatever. But for me, when I was young, I think I was, man, I don't know. I was young. I was really young. There was a period for like nine years where I had recurring dreams every single night that the people that raised me weren't my parents and that I was actually born someplace else, all this stuff. And I didn't believe because I saw, you know, when I go to my friend's house, I would see how their parents were and all that stuff. So like the way I was treated and all the things I was told, like I really didn't believe that how I was raised was right. And I, I really felt like maybe, you know, I don't have to be like these people because maybe they're not my parents, you know? I mean, it was just like a very, very profound thing, especially being so young. I mean, because this was like grammar school. I mean, I'm talking like young. I'm not talking yeah. like high school, like grammar school. And then when I started kind of coming into my own and being myself, then the dreams went away. And that's what kind of pushed me to like, you, you know, you can stand by what you believe in, you know, regardless of who's telling you it's wrong or whatever, you fundamentally know it's right. Yeah. You can go and do. And I mean, I, I got a lot. I mean, like I said, growing up, trying to do my own thing. I mean, I literally got my, the shit beat out of me for it, you know, but yeah. I believe, fundamentally believe what I was doing was right. All that, the, and that was all seeds. That was that, the bodybuilding, the DTFW apparel, all that stuff was all seeds that were planted inside me. Painful seeds, but seeds that got me to where I literally just don't give up on anything. You know, it was the gym. The gym took three years to get everything going. And I mean, I was told no so many times. Like, I didn't realize how debilitating being told no is. But when there's something that you really love, bleed for, passionate for, that you want more than anything, to go to somebody and ask for approval, if you want to say, because in essence, I was going to the bank and asking them for money, and to have them say, no, you have no idea like how demoralizing that is. And then to hear it again and again and again. And it's, it's so crazy because ultimately that's rejection. Yeah. You know, that's absolutely a lot is. of people don't realize, and I didn't realize this until later, is I dealt with a lot of rejection from mm-hmm. my dad because of the abuse and things like that, yeah. which turned into... Later on, as I started to grow up, it turned into when a girl would say no, I related that back to my trauma mm-hmm, of my sure. dad. It's a trigger. And it just kept on and kept on and kept on to the point that when I would go out for like a date or I was in the Marine Corps and I'd try to go to a club, I was scared to death to go up to a female to talk to them, even in a general conversation yeah, sure. because I was waiting for the rejection. Right. You know, and then when it's come into like what you were saying about your business, it's like 
it's just crazy how a circumstance younger in our childhood, you know, like a no, and then yeah. just kind of leading on and leading on mm-hmm. and leading on where a lot of people end up giving up on that. What kept you from just not giving up on the repeated no when you wanted to guess? I mean, not, it was the continually moving forward. So like, I'm, I'm not trying to backtrack, but I keep thinking yeah. this thing. So when I, when I was eight years old, I actually tried to kill myself because I just couldn't deal with it anymore. I hated not feeling like I had parents. I hated the way I was treating. I hated getting my ass beat every day. And I actually tried to kill myself and then come in surviving that. Like it was every little thing that knocked me on my ass that I came back from and was like, you're still here. So I think that's subconsciously instilled inside of me that you can keep going as long as you just don't quit. Yeah. That's something, you know, and, that, and it doesn't always have that same effect on people, but you know, it's, it's all about the mindset that you take. I mean, we all have it in us to survive, right? It's, it's the mindset and it's where we let our mind go. And I didn't have anybody helping me as a kid. And I, I honestly don't really know what it was inside me that, made me keep going, but I just did. I yeah. mean, every time I got knocked down, every time I got my ass beat, every time I got told no, every time I got told that how I was dressing was wrong, bodybuilding was wrong, having a gym was wrong. Every time, like, I just, I mean, obviously it would mess me up. Like, I'd be emotionally, you know, fucked up and I, I would go through, a, you know, a dark spell or a depression forever long, whatever. But then you eventually come out of it and you realize you're still here. Well, if you're still here, that means you can keep going. So having that happen so many times and continuing to be here, it just instilled it in me that like, regardless what you endure, regardless what pain you go through, as long as you don't give up in any, whatever giving up means, whatever, you know, giving up in that situation entails, you can just, you can keep going. How would you tell listeners how not to give up? What did you do to not give up? Because I mean, we can sit there and say that. It's, it's a very powerful yeah. statement, you know, but a lot of people, even though they're not giving up, they're not helping their self get out of the situation. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. just, you know, checking the time clock, as I like to say, mm-hmm. you know, going to work, yeah. coming home, taking care of kids, feeding dinner, and, and they're in a great routine, but they're not moving past anything. What would you give advice on, not just not giving up, but how to get through it? I mean, you have to... If there's something that you want in your life, regardless what it is, you have to devote the energy and the focus to it. So most people sit there and say, oh, I want this. I want my relationship to be this. I want my business to be this. I want my job to be this. And it's great to say it, but you have to devote energy to it and focus. So like, what are you doing to make your relationship better? What are you doing to make your job better? What are you doing to get out of where you're at? Like, let's just say you're in a depression or whatever. What are you doing to get out of that? Are yeah. you sitting in it Are you and, and just existing? Or are you forcing yourself to, because that's a lot of times, if you're in a routine, that's what it takes. Because you're in a routine of existing. So if you want to get out of it, you're going to have to get uncomfortable and you're going to have to force yourself little bits at a time. It's going to be different for every person to put energy and focus on whatever it is. If you're in a depression, whether it's like, I don't want to get out of bed today. Well, you're going to get out of bed. You're going to get out of bed and you're going to go walk outside or whatever and feel the sun. And then you're going to come back inside and, and get in bed. And then tomorrow you're going to get up twice, whatever it is. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be these big grandiose, like monumental things. You yeah. know, it can be, I mean, all the little small things add up to big shit. Right. So and I think that's a problem too. I think if people don't get a job promotion tomorrow, then it's, it's a failure. And that's not what it is. I mean, there, there's steps to getting the job promotion. You have to set little steps to hit. You know, you're not going to be able to repay. To repay you're, you're not going to wake up one day in your relationship. If your relationship's fucked up, 
it's not going to be perfect the next day. Like there's little steps you have to take to improving it, you know? And, and, and that's what I think. I think, I think it's the all or nothing mentality. If people can't have it all tomorrow, then they want to give up. Yeah. I mean, th- like I said, it took me three years to get the gym open. I mean, it did not happen overnight. Right. It was little tiny. There was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little small things that had to happen to get to there. And along the way, I got kicked in the dick at least three dozen times. I mean, at least, you know, I mean, every time I felt like I was taking a step forward, something made me feel like I was taking two steps back. Yeah. But then you have to adapt to that and you have to refocus your energy on what needs to get done next and just go for that. Right. You know, it's just, it's always moving. It's it's always, it's never trying to stand still. I mean, a half step forward, you're still going forward. Right. I mean, you don't have to run. Yeah. I mean, it's. So in the process of hearing all those no's, trying to open the gym, what was also going on inside of you personally? You know, that was the atmospheric thing, but what was going on in you internally, your, uh, you know, relationships or friends, things like that? Yeah. So part of what happened was my, my marriage at the time started to dissolve because I had so much energy and so much focus in the gym into making it happen. I totally took, you know, the priority and the focus off of my marriage and that just compounded and got even worse. Obviously when the gym opened, I had just enough money to kind of make down payments on the equipment and insurance and loans and whatever. And that was it from that point on, like there, there was no money. So the pressure and the strain, and I mean, the anxiety is just, if you've never done it before, like you can't even, you can't even describe it yeah. to somebody. And, um, and I had listened to the podcast. I had read books. I had done all that shit to prepare myself for it. And once you're in the game, nothing prepares you for being in the game besides being in the game. Right. Like nothing, nothing prepares. You can read all you want. You can listen all you want. You can talk to people all you want. It, it doesn't matter yeah. when you're in it, it changes. And I mean, I, I was that, that first year that the gym opened, I mean, I was out of my fucking mind. Like, I mean, I would get there at seven in the morning. I would stay there all day till probably like anywhere from midnight till two in the morning. Cause I was 24 hours. So when people were doing shift work and get off, they'd come knock on the door or call the gym just to see if anybody was there and I'm there. So I was signing people up literally from all hours of the day, all hours of the night. I would leave, I'd go home, I'd shower, I'd try to sleep, couldn't sleep, wake up and just go back to the gym. Yeah. And then it got to the point where my wife at the time and I actually separated and I moved out and I was living at the gym for, I mean, a while, for months. And then uh, I actually went to live with my aunt for a little while. And I was just in such like a toxic place. I mean, it was, I mean, I, I, ever since I started reading the book that had the most effect on me is the law of attraction. Yeah. And if, if you, if, you know, for people that don't know what the law of attraction is, it's basically some people, I guess, would almost call it karma. It's you and the earth are like a giant magnetic field and there's positive and negative energy circling you and the earth whatever energy you put out, you get back. Right. And I was in such a negative and toxic place. That's what I was attracting. I was attracting negativity. So I started dating someone that was extremely toxic because that's what fit in with my life. Cause I was in such a bad place and it was somebody that I would totally never, you know, looking back, I'm like, why did you even date that person? That's not even somebody you would, you would typically date. But I mean, right. I wasn't really my normal self during that time either. It was such a, I mean, not, not eating, not sleeping. Like, I mean, I would, I would, I would hang out in strip clubs all the time just to, 
just to try and feel some sense of being alive because my life was so one-dimensional. Yeah. It was just all gym. It was you were trying gym. to fill a void. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, I was, and, I was trying to feel something. Right. You know, right. just yeah. anything. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of times when we're trying to fill that void, we think of it as like a one-dimensional thing. Mm-hmm. I need somebody in my life because I'm used to having somebody in my life and they're no longer there. It's the same thing I experienced when my wife passed away. I wanted somebody in my life. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily looking for a long-term relationship. I just wanted somebody to enjoy the things that I used to be able to enjoy with that person. Yeah. You know? yeah. But the problem is when we were feeling that void, we don't think about all the other aspects Mm-mm. that are no. part of it. We don't think in the 2D or 3D dimensional Mm-mm. or three-dimensional no. aspects of it. We're just thinking, I want somebody to be with me. You know, we don't think about how they're going to affect us, how they may affect our business, how they may affect our kids or, you know, or anything else, even our own thinking. Right. Because we're only looking one dimension at that time. Yeah. And for me, it was really, for me, it was more, I want somebody to try and take my mind off of the stress of the gym and what's going on that I don't have to really have, that I don't have to be married to, or I don't have to have, like, I don't want to have a life with just like a distraction almost. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was just, it was, that was like, it was a crazy, crazy fucking time. But going through that as well, I mean, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And I feel like to appreciate you being at your best or you going through bad shit, or I mean, you being your best or you being extremely happy, like you have to go through bad shit. You can't fully appreciate money until you've had nothing. You can't fully appreciate happiness until you've been miserable. I mean, you have to, how can you really fully appreciate winning if you've never lost? Like you've never tasted that sour feeling of what it's like to lose. So how would you know how, how really how great it feels to win? So, right. it's, you know, you have to experience both ends of the spectrum. And I mean, I ultimately had to go through that because I had to learn more about myself and grow through it because I did grow coming out of it. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a fucking yeah. crazy time. It was a crazy What's, time. What do you think for people out there listening, a lot of people get stuck they don't know how to get out there. They've experienced something, whether, mm. you know, regardless of size, yeah. some people are in right. it for years. Some people are in it for a very short time. But why do you think people get stuck and can't get out? You think it's a story they begin to tell? Yeah. And where they're now believing their story that they can never get out? Why, why do you think that? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I do. I think, I think it's, it's really easy to get caught up in everything. Because like I said, I mean, I, was, I went through that shit for a year. So, I mean, it becomes habit. It's easy to create new habits, whether they're good or bad and get stuck in them. That's what a habit is. So for for me, it was basically just being so bad shit out of my mind and knowing that that I don't want to live this way, that I can't live this way. And almost having like a almost having like a, a, a third person experience where I kind of was able to try and remove myself from the situation and really just think about it. Really just think about everything you're going through and experiencing and being able to be like, fuck man, like I can't live this way, you know? Um, and I, I think that a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't get caught up in it and actually stop and breathe and try and gain perspective. Like what does my life look like right now? Like, what am I going through? Is this me? Is this making me, cause I wasn't happy. Like, I mean, none of that shit made me happy, you know? Right. You know, am I happy? Is this what happiness is to me? Is this what I want my life to look like? And if you can try and force yourself to to gain that perspective, I feel like that's what begins the process of of getting out of it. You know, because because that's what I did. I look I, I just kind of was going about, you know, a normal day just wrapped up in all the bullshit and, and something just kind of clicked. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not happy. I'm fucking miserable. I don't want to live this way. I'm not sleeping. Like I'm not eating. 
I wasn't competing. I mean, it was just, I'm like, this, this isn't like how life is supposed to be. Right. You know? And I think if you can, like I said, I think if you can gain that perspective and really try and pull yourself out of the situation and look at it, you can gain a lot of clarity about what's going on, but you have to make the decision to do that. People get wrapped up in all their shit. And before you know it, it's five years have gone by. Yeah. And you're, you know, your life is just utterly destroyed. Right. You know? So that's when I actually started reading when I realized that, because I'd never read before, and my wife at the time gave me the first book I ever read, which was A Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And I just, I got hooked. Like, I read that book, and I got hooked on, like, the personal growth aspect of everything, and that that started my whole reading habit uh, that a lot of people know about, because, I, I, you know, I post books and stuff that I read, and, and that helped a lot. But it still doesn't mean that you're not able to make mistakes and fuck up because... I mean, really, really throughout the entire time that the gym's been open, I mean, it's literally been hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. Like every time shit seems like it's starting to calm down, there's the gyms either growing and there's a whole nother level of stress going on. And that leads to a whole nother set of mistakes and problems and just and, and all kind of shit. But I mean, that's also life. Right. You know, the problem right now is, is that with social media and all this other bullshit, we're being inundated with. If you make mistakes, you're a piece of shit. If your life's not perfect, then you're not happy. If somebody treats you wrong in a relationship, you break up with them and you leave them. Like yeah. that's that's yeah. what that's the world we live in today. And people want to know why you've got women talking shit about guys, you've got guys talking shit about women, you got people bitter about relationships, and it's because we're inundated with this message on a daily basis through social media, which which people are plugged into like the matrix about if someone does you anything wrong or makes a mistake, fuck them. Peace out. Right. I'm, you deserve I'm better. Right. You know, you can't be happy with that person. Yeah. And it blows my mind that people think that, like, their grandparents and all this shit have been married for, like, anywhere from 40 to 60 years and think that their relationships was like fucking butterflies and unicorns. Right. Like, are you kidding me? Do you right. not think they went through some shit? Yeah. During, not even just their relationship, like, during their life. I mean, if something goes wrong and people fail at something, they want to quit because they think they're a failure. It's like, dude, that's life. Yeah. Like this, this, this image that's being painted to us of what life is supposed to be like on social media is fake. Right. It's not real because social media is fake. Yeah. I, you know, when we hear the word failure, I don't look at it as failure. What like most people think I look at it as life lessons. Absolutely. You growth. Know? And yeah, growth, growth. You know, another great way to put it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember even opening up for me. When, after my wife passed away and I got to that point of wanting to date or put myself out there, you know, I, I had a, you know, my brother kept on saying, man, get, get on the, the, the dating apps, right? For what? You know? and, uh, <laughs> and so I didn't know what to do. And I kind of like, I reverted back to the whole rejection thing, right? Mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah. well, if dating yeah. apps, everybody's there for the same purpose, right? So now I don't have to, I don't have to worry about somebody saying no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yet. A lot of no's. Right, sure, <laughs> You know, sure. one thing, I had a friend tell me, he says, Joseph, he says, as long as you're on those things, you're always going to be looking for the next best thing. Yeah. And, but what I started to learn about, not even just things about myself, but also in the midst of all those things, is I was learning and growing of who I was, mm -hmm. but not also... Instead of, hey, you don't like the president or I don't like this person or, you know, you don't like a gym and I like to eat Chick-fil-A and you rather eat Pizza Hut, you know, at the end of the day, who cares, you know, and but yet it's so easy to get wrapped around the axle when it comes to those things instead of saying, 
hey, it's okay that you like Chick-fil-A because we can also go to Pizza Hut at the same time. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. And, uh, and so I started to realize then it's just how people, it's like when you start a relationship nowadays, society has taught you that the moment you see a red flag, you got to get out. Right. And so swipe, saying, just, just swipe right. Just swipe right. You swipe, know, right. swipe right, swipe left. You know, whatever right. one it is. Somebody makes know? a mistake, swipe yeah. right. And going back to like the grandparents, you hear stories of, like I, I go to Vegas every so often, you know, once or twice a year, you know, and uh, I'll still meet people that are like, oh yeah, we met at such and such bar and three days later we got married. Well, how long have you been married? 48 years, you know, and they, they learned how to, regardless of what they may or may not have called red flags at the time, they learned how to work through things. Yeah. You know, and I don't necessarily refer to my business as like a relationship, but yet again, it is. It is. It is. It, it is. Because the, the lessons are interchangeable. Right. You know, the thing about it is, is like when we go through things and we call it that red flag, people just want to hurry up and bounce because, well, I'll find somebody else that has their hair different or, right. uh, you know, doesn't listen to loud music or maybe not have tattoos instead of saying, now, how can I work on this? Why, why is it a red flag? Is it something that they're doing or is it something that triggers me? Right. Because I recently got her into a relationship not too long ago and it's been a roller coaster, you know? And it was, I would do something that's who I am that would trigger her. She would do something that triggered me. And I'm like, I didn't even know anything about triggers, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? But, but like you said, so many people are so quick to be like, oh, you need to, you need to leave. You right. need to bounce. You right. know, the moment you get a little bit of resistance from an employee, business is going to yeah. shut down. You, as soon as, you, soon as, soon as business gets tough, you just yeah. got to just, just fold it up and go. Yeah. You know? So now that you've got the gym up and running, what has it been like in terms of just, you know, pain doesn't stop and, and, and you know, from uh, one season uh, to the next, it no. just shifts directions. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. How, have you, how have you managed to, to do that? Because it's been up and running for... It'll be four years in May. Four years in May. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's been an absolute fucking shit show since day one. I mean, and I'm still figuring out. It's like, that's the other thing is that people think when you're in business or when you've been in a relationship for X amount of time or whatever, or when you're a certain age, you're supposed to have it all figured out. And that's the biggest load of shit that somebody can give you. Like, I mean, the, the people that are the wisest and the people that we go to for advice, the reason why they know what they know is because they have made mistakes and fucked up their entire life and learned. From yeah. it. Wisdom does not come. You don't just, you don't just sit and doing everything right in a room and do everything right and just have all the answers. Like the people that have all the answers that know how to make shit work, whether it's business, job, relationships, whatever, are the people that have made the most mistakes. Yeah. And use them to learn. Because look, there's a lot of people out there that make mistakes that don't learn shit. Right. And want to blame everyone and everyone else for their problems and why their life is like whatever. But it's like a mistake is, and a failure, whatever, is a learning experience. Yeah. Now, some people don't choose to use it as a learning experience, and they let it, and they, they miss the opportunity. But the people that have grown and the people that learn how to do things the right way are the people that make the mistakes, admit the mistakes, and use the mistakes to become better people. You right. know, And that's, that's where I'm at right now, because I have made a ton of mistakes in business, a ton of mistakes relationship-wise that... I don't believe in and that I don't condone, but being wrapped up in everything, it you don't realize how easy it is to lose sight of yourself. Like when you have tunnel vision on, and you got blinders on, and you're trying with everything you have to make your business work or whatever work, whether you could be totally focused on your relationship and your job could be going to shit. I mean, it, it's interchangeable. But when you are only focused on one thing, you lose sight 
of everything else that you're not focused on. If you're, yeah. I mean, so, and for me, I'd lost sight of who I am and what I believe in. I mean, you know, I've cheated on my wife and my marriage. When her and I were separated, I moved back home. The first thing I did was told her, you know, that I slept with a chick because I just didn't want it. I mean, I didn't have to tell her because I mean, her and I weren't together, but I wanted to because I didn't want anything coming up. I didn't want there to be anything hanging over me, you know, so I wanted it all out there. And ultimately it was a mistake. It was something I shouldn't have done. It was a person I shouldn't have been involved with. It was in no way benefiting me. It was hurting me. So regardless, if I was, even if I was single, it would have still been a mistake regardless. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, you, you just, it's hard. The biggest thing is learning balance. And that's what I'm learning now is balancing work and my personal life. And when I come home, I mean, I just, I, I don't work on work. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I won't. They had another girl that I was dating that I lied to. The reasons I lied to her were genuine and sincere, but because our communication had broken down and I was looking for answers that I wasn't getting, but lying is not the answer. Yeah. I should have tried to force the communication or worked on myself or tried to help her with whatever she was going on. And I don't believe in lying. Yeah. I think it's chicken shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a liar. Right. But when you focus yourself so much on one thing and you put no emphasis on yourself at all or who you are, you lose sight of the things that are important to you. Yeah. You lose sight of who you are. And that's the worst feeling in the world. There is right. no worry. I mean, you can, you can break someone's heart. You can hurt, you can hurt somebody else's feelings. And if you, know, if, you, if you care about that person, that hurts in itself enough. I mean, to me anyway. But then to really sit back and look and make mistakes and do things wrong and realize, like, this isn't even who the fuck I am. Like, how could I even allow myself to do this? Right. Like, that's a mind fuck on a totally different level. You know, that, that's a level of disappointment that's, that's just totally different. You know, but again, I mean, I can let that bury me and destroy me and, and, and just sit here and s say, woe is me and poor me and blah, blah, blah. But it's not poor me. I made the fucking mistake. Yeah. And I need to use it to make me better. I need to feel the pain of hurting someone's feelings that I care about or breaking their heart and feel the pain of disappointing myself and making a mistake and going against something that I believe in. And I need to use that to be the best version of myself as I can to ensure that I don't ever lie again. Right. I mean, it's all... Yeah, I have a saying, um, we can either use pain to get us stuck like glue, the story that we tell ourselves, or pain can launch us into our destiny. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And it's those learning mistakes. It's the, yeah. the, the failures. It's, you know, the lies or the cheating, things like that, that yeah. cause not only ourselves pain, but other people. Sometimes pain is, you know, we bring it on ourselves, and then sometimes it's, you know, it brings itself on inadvertently yeah. you know yeah. i didn't want my wife to die but she did yeah you know yep. but i took that pain but yet you know realizing later there was a lot of mistakes that i made throughout our marriage that caused pain in both of us sure you know and sure. it's those things learning now it's just like well i can with my dad and my wife dying all within 22 days of each other i can use that to get me stuck yeah you know i don't know who in the world that's a be great like, that is, that's a great excuse to say to feed whatever bull, yourself whatever bullshit you want yeah. to, but why you can't do whatever right and the thing is is people will actually be sympathetic about it i mean who would yeah sure you know and but it's sometimes that's where we want to feel good right it's 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 in our yeah. human nature okay and so when we explain things to people oh my wife my wife and my dad died and i just don't have the energy and and, and everybody feeds into that because that's what they think 
That's what we think the other person needs. Yeah. When really it's like, I understand what you're going through, but you need to get up. Get your, yeah, get your butt out of bed. Yeah. You know, yep. even if it's just a matter, and you said it earlier, small action steps. That's it. Tiny Sitting steps. up out of bed. Who cares about getting out of bed? Just sit up, you know? And when you sit up, okay, sit up for five minutes. You know, if you can't do it for five, do it for two. Yep. You know, so yep. where are you at now in terms of where your life is, how you've taken your pain that you've experienced? I mean, the attempted suicide, the abuse in the family, the, all the rejection, trying to find your way, the different businesses and things like that, the divorce, the toxic relationship. Where have you taken all that pain and how's it gotten you to where you're at now? It's definitely been, like I said, the, the pain thing I never showed through my whole life showed me that. I refuse to to give up. And as long as you don't give up, you can keep going. You can be better. So I'm not letting any of the shit that I've gone through defeat me. I want to use it to make me better. Yeah. You know, and I have I have a lot of things that I have to prove to a lot of people, including myself. And that's fine. And I'm going through, I'm still balls deep in the gym, you know, because that, that's never gonna stop growing. I mean, that that's always that's always gonna be there. I refuse to let that, you know, fold or or go or anything. But the big thing is finding balance. It's like, okay, so when you leave the gym, you can do, you, I can be as productive. I mean, I'm at the gym a long time. I'm there all day and all evening, you yeah. know? So I can be as productive as I want there. But then when the gym's over with, then the gym, you know, when I leave, I leave. Right. And I have to focus on myself, relationships, you know, all that stuff. So this year and last year have, have been pretty hard in terms of like all the shit going on. And, and like I said, just realizing that I've been doing things and making mistakes that, that just aren't me. And, and I have to, the biggest thing is focusing on me because I'm like, dude, like, like I'm, I don't, I refuse to ever fall into like a pit like this again, because it's not, that's not who I am. And like, and I, and I don't believe in that defeated mindset, you know? So right now uh, I go to adoration chapel every day. I went and sat and talked with a, a priest that I'm friends with. And he gave me, uh, it's like 50 something days of adoration chapel readings and then i have like questions i have to ask myself at the end of it and all like reflection yeah you know? so i've been doing that pretty much every day um the podcasts have been great because i've been able to act because part of it was i was like i want to tell my story i want to get this out there because it's part of almost like a cleanse yeah like getting all getting it all out there to where i it's literally like a fresh start right you know um i definitely want to uh i definitely want to repair the relationship that i had and make that better that that's that's like a huge focus right now because i'm not i'm not just doing this for me the main reason why i'm doing it is for me of course because if i don't do it for me that doesn't make it sincere or genuine right you know so it has to be for me yeah but i'm also trying to be the best person that i can be for my future relationship because i want to be able to give them the best 100 percent. you know and without doing like without making the stupid mistakes that i made in the past and that honestly it always weighs on me, but it doesn't, that doesn't drag me down at all because I've never been the person to continually repeat the same mistakes that I've made, you know? So that doesn't, that, that doesn't bother me at all. But I do want to go through the journey. I signed up for the, uh, a really, really, really close friend of mine, really, really good guy, uh, was going through a lot of hard shit towards the end of last year. And I kind of told him what was going on. He's like, dude, he's like, you need to do, uh, you need to sign up for this wake up warrior program he's like it's a 30-day program he's like dude he's like it will change your life he was going through a lot of stuff like he was going through a lot a lot of personal family stuff um daughter was really sick in the hospital uh, he, he was going through a lot of shit and i knew a lot of the stuff he was going through so when he told me after everything he had been through because he owns a, uh he owns his own business as well 
when he told me, he's like, dude, he's like, I really feel like you can benefit from this. I really feel like it'll change your life. And I'm like, well, fuck, I'm all about that. So I actually started that uh, yesterday. Okay, too. So yeah, so there, there, there's a bunch of different things. A lot of a lot of journaling, a lot of self reflection, a lot. Of, and the biggest thing is being honest. You know, when I talk to the people that I've lied to, it's being being honest and open because I believe in honesty. And I kind of lost sight because I got wrapped up in doing, you know, in in making mistakes and lying. I forgot how good it feels to be honest. Right. You know, I've been, I had been carrying the weight of lying for so long that it was weighing me down and it was sucking, it was literally sucking the happiness out of me. And then to where now when I have the opportunity to be honest, not that it undoes what I did, but it's like, it just, it feels good because I know that I'm living according to what I believe in. I'm living according to who I am. So it's like being honest, it's, it, it feels great, you know? Yeah. So, and that, that was, that was part of the reason why I wanted to do this also, because I mean, you know how it is like with the, anybody that, that owns a business that's kind of out there in the public eye or whatever, like people are going to gossip and talk shit about whatever, you know, and it's people that have no idea about what's going on. It's all hearsay, right? You know, it's people that literally haven't known you until you opened your business. Like literally, cause I, I stayed low key. Like I never went, I don't, I still, I don't go out. Like I don't drink. I don't do any of that shit. So like before the gym opened, I mean, not a lot of people knew who I was. Cause I, I didn't have a big social media presence because I don't really like social media at all. Right. If I didn't have a business, I wouldn't have it. So once, uh, once the gym really started getting a lot of advertisement and really started getting a lot of face value, because I'm the only person that runs the gym, my name started getting out there more. And then every time, obviously, I would go through shit, you know, people feel entitled to be in everyone's business because of social media, you know. So people talk and then it's like playing telephone. Like one person says one thing and by the time it gets five people later, it's nowhere even near what it what the truth is. Right. You know, so it's all it's just it's it's all bullshit. So I'm like, you know, so it, it but it, and I don't care. I don't care if people know what happened as long as they know the truth. You know, I mean, it was out there that like I sleep with like all kinds of women and I'm dating like four or five women at a time. And I'm like, look, I'm like, thank you for the compliment that. I'm such a great guy that like all these women are willing to have sex with me and don't care. Like, thank you for the ego boost. I'm like, but that's not, that's not how it is. And that's not how I am. And the people that know me know I'm not like that. Like I've literally never had a one, like even when I was single in college, I've never, to this day, I've never had a one night stand. Like I've never had a one night stand. I've never, I've never been sexually active with, with multiple people at a time. So like, it's always funny to me when people say, oh, like he's sleeping with all these women, he's dating all these women. I'm like, dude, you don't even know me. Like, I don't even do that. I didn't do that shit like ever in my life, you know? So I, cause I don't, cause it's, it's disgusting number one, but I don't, I don't believe in it either. And even if you don't care about it, it still does cause you pain. It still sits in your mind. Yeah. It still fucks with oh, you. Of course, of course it does. You know? No matter how much we say it doesn't. Right, right, right. So, th- so that, that also made me want to, you know, put myself out there more and stand by the gym more and make the gym grow anymore. Because I'm like, look, I'm like someone that that's legitimately a piece of shit. If you're legitimately a piece of shit and you have those manipulative mindset and tendencies, like success doesn't come your way. Good things don't come your way. Law of attraction. Right. Like if you're a bad person, bad shit comes to you. Yeah. You know? So my thing is, is living in accordance to what I believe in and not 
you know, st- showing who I am and, and, and showing people that like, it's not the, the gym wouldn't be doing the things that it is. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have, do you think any, a husband would be comfortable letting their wife join the gym if they knew that I was like fucking all the people? Right. Like no, it's, it just, yeah. it like, it goes against. Like, we'll it, go to Planet Fitness. Yeah. Right. Like it goes against common sense. That's why I laugh when people say this shit. I'm like, dude, I'm like, like people are out there saying that this is right. public knowledge, but I'm like. Do you realize that like doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense? Yeah. You know, like that's just. And you know, Sean, that you know the amazing thing that I've I've experienced in my journey is, and and I appreciate you coming on here and being vulnerable, you know, and transparent because believe it or not, that's what helps not only ourselves but it helps so many other people because we live in a world that we can put out what we want to make ourselves look good. Yeah, and it's fake. You know, and it is fake. You know, not that saying that when people post happy stuff on Facebook that that's not what they're doing or that's not what's going on in their life. There's no doubt. Right. But when is everybody sharing all the good, the bad, the ugly, the different, what their family's going through, what they're not family's going through, you know, and, but do you believe that regardless, I mean, you've been through some stuff. We both have been through some stuff. You know, I call it the hell in the hallway. You know, do you believe regardless of what people have been through in their life, whether it's suicidal thoughts, divorce, broken relationships, uh, loss of a child, loved ones, uh, abuse, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. Do you think that throughout all this pain that they have gone through, that they can take that and find purpose in life? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, to go back to what you said, life's not perfect. People's lives aren't perfect. I mean, if you see someone on social media that is portraying because, I mean, let's just be honest. That's like the main form of media that we're all wrapped up in right now. Right. If you see someone out there that is literally portraying themselves in like the perfect life that has all their shit together, that is just happy all the time, I can promise you they are experiencing a whirlwind of shit. Yeah. I mean, it's just not real. We all go through things. And that's the problem is that, like you said, everything's being portrayed as perfect and it's not. We all struggle with shit. We all go through pain. We all deal with things. We all fuck up. We all make mistakes. No relationship is perfect. No job is perfect. No business is perfect. Like we all go through shit, but we still live. Life goes on. You can recover from anything you go through and anything you do and you and use it. Use the, the mistakes you make. Use the pain that you feel from the mistakes to never want to make the, the mistake again. When your boss yells at you, your boss is essentially telling you what not to do, how to be better at your job. So be fucking better at your job. Right. When your wife yells at you and tells you that, you know, she's mad at you for whatever you did, she's telling you how to be a better fucking husband. Don't <laughs> do the shit again. I mean, literally, like, it's, it's, it's almost like being in grown-up school. When you mess up in school, you get a bad grade, teacher yells at you, whatever. I mean, it's essentially the same thing. Right. You know, like, when you when you lie to your girlfriend and she finds out own up to lying and show her you're not going to lie again yeah i mean that's just sad how people want to want to give up on shit it doesn't matter what it is i mean we talked a lot about relationships but it's in anything i mean job business business venture their kids their parents whatever you know i mean there's there's purpose behind behind every painful thing we go through and behind every mistake we make there is a chance to live a more purposeful life. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's a lesson. I mean, and that's the thing. No one wants to call them. Everyone wants to say, you fuck up. You made a mistake. You did this. You did that. If we called them lessons instead, well, people would have a totally different outlook on of all course. the shit they go through. Of all course. the shit they go, like, like, if instead of saying my business failed, saying that you got a lesson in business, your business taught you a lesson. That's a, that sounds totally different, but that's, oh, yeah. that's what happened. It's a mindset shift. I mean, you did, your business didn't fail. You learned what not to do. Right. 
you learn how to do it better. Yeah. So use it. Right. It doesn't mean everybody does, but that's what you should do. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, and again, it's a mindset thing and it goes back to what we're inundated with every day. If this doesn't work, quit and do something else. That's the most fucked up mindset you could have with anything, with anything. Why do eight out of 10 businesses fail? Why is the divorce rate 70%? Why are uh, dating apps so possible, so popular right now? Cause we quit. Because we fucking quit. No one wants to learn. Everyone wants to fucking give up. That's why. I mean, we live in a society where we are taught to give up. Until until people start changing their mindset and still try to, change to, uh, try to start reprogramming themselves, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. It's not going to get better. But, I mean, we live in a comfortable age. Like, if you think life's more comfortable now than it was 40 years ago, I mean, oh, ab- yeah. absolutely. Yeah, of course. So how did our grandparents parents, whatever, go through this hard, a life that was four or five times harder than us and make it and are 80 years old now. Like, because giving up back then wasn't an option. There was a, there was no choice. Dude, you didn't get divorced back then. Yeah. You didn't, dude, you didn't give up on your business. You worked through the entire night if you had to doing sales or doing whatever you did. If you had a job and you wanted promotion, you stayed at the fucking office till after it was closed. To make it work. Tried a thousand times to make the light bulb. Exactly. Dude, people aren't different. The mindset is different. Like they had it harder back then and they, and they made shit work. So how is it that we have it easier now with everything around us, technology, all this shit, therapy, counseling, YouTube videos about how to be better at your job or how to be more skilled or whatever. How is it that we have all this shit available to us yet we are weaker and more failure prone than 40 years ago like it doesn't make any sense yeah we should be we should be living the happiest lives that we possibly can right now given all the resources we have right but the re- a lot of the resources we have are programming us with the wrong mindset yeah. and it's mindset yeah. that's what all goes down to. as a last statement or two what would you like to leave for uh the listeners as an encouragement i mean based on the shit that i've gone through is one don't give up ever i mean no matter how low you're feeling no matter how hard shit is, no matter whatever, don't give up because on the other side of giving up is the job you've always wanted, the business you've always wanted, the relationship you've always wanted, the love you've always wanted. It's all on the other side of not giving up. That doesn't mean that's licensed for you to just eat shit your whole life, but before you just want to quit and give up, just you know, put in a little effort, give second chances, try and see how it's going to work out, you know? And after you give it a valid chance, after you really try it something, everything you possibly can, you've exhausted every single resource, try a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, that's that's where happiness comes from. It's eating the shit and getting to the other side. I mean, that's that's what it is. That's awesome, brother. Look, man, I've enjoyed having you on the show. Yeah, man. And uh, can't wait to spend some more time with you, brother. Yeah, definitely, dude. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.